Once again, we had a little bit of trouble at the beginning of this video. We missed the prayer to begin the video, but uh, straighten that out. And so we kind of pick up as a Marcy monologue. So hopefully, I'm sorry you missed the first part of it, but we had a discussion about the Super Bowl and things like that. But, uh, and some meaning of a couple of the commercials, but basically that's all we talked about. So we'll pick it up in the Marcy monologue. Um, several interesting things that I want to share with you from people uh, from uh, the Rapture Ready. Uh, tribulation is ever so close is the answer to the, the title of this first one. And I definitely agree. He starts out talking about how Lindsay, he was my initial uh, interest in getting into prophecy back in the early 70s. But he just recently said something about what's going on today. You know, Hal is probably pushing 90. If he's not already there. But this is what he said, quote, the idea is that the United States would make this move soon after Israel's campaign in Gaza ends, talking about a recognition of a Palestinian state. And U.S. pressure to end the campaign is already enormous in the war. By the way, Amir said today the war is won. They're down to Rafa. Rafa is... You think about Israel and where Gaza is, Gaza's a little strip of land, you know, over near and the southern border is, is Egypt. Rafa is exactly on the border, right in the middle of that little strip of land at the bottom of Gaza. And that's the last battalion of Gaza. That's the last one. There were 24 of them, they wiped out 23 of them. So it's over. As far as Gaza is concerned, the first thing, one thing that the mayor said today was the next thing is they're going to Hezbollah and it will be an all out major war there because this in Gaza was just a kind of a police action. It was going there and clean things up. Hezbollah is going to be a war and they're going there next. He said he didn't know, he knew when, but he couldn't say. They, and he also answered that question too. I had that question as well. I, I was asking Mary just today, I said, I wonder what they're doing with all those thousands of guys they're capturing. He says, well, they're all waiting on trial. We're going to try them and they're going to execute that's or if they're guilty, and they, most of them will be. They have they had been planning that uh, uh, invasion. They they had gotten intel from all of those uh, Palestinian fighters, the, the members of Hamas, that where they were holding at least two of those hostages. I'm sure they've got where a bunch of other ones are too. And so they went into that particular building to get those two guys. And they had a, it was very, done very well. Uh, they didn't lose anybody, they didn't get anybody injured, but they wiped out a few Hamas people, but they rescued those two men. One's 60 years old, the other one's 72 years old. And they rescued them, so. Yes, ma'am. They, I think they know where they are, and then they're finishing that up. Uh, I think they're not telling us about it because they're probably thinking most of those people have already been killed. I really think that's the case, but we'll find out in the next few weeks, very few weeks. I think they're finishing it up. They're either going to get them back or they'll let us know what happened to them. Yeah. Okay. So let me finish Hal Lindsey's statement. He said, U.S. pressure to end the campaign, the, the war is already enormous. Hamas would then be able to say to every terror group in the world, Here's how you get the really big concessions, kill, mutilate, rape, burn people to death, take lots of innocents as hostages, and to recognize a state of Palestine in the aftermath of their October terror attacks on Israel, 
would encourage every rogue group on earth to follow that wicked path. It would bring chaos to this planet, the likes of which have never been seen before. And he's exactly right. That's why Netanyahu said now over and over again, even said this this, this week, they will not stop till they wipe Hamas completely out. They're not going to stop. They will not give up. They will not stop the war. So he's talking of this article talks about the warnings of scripture. And of course he refers to, and he should refer to Joel 3, where it says, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my heritage Israel, because they have scattered them among the nations and have divided up my land. God doesn't like his land divided up. And so that's not going to happen either. That won't happen. What's interesting is a later article here talks about Saudi Arabia's stance on this divided land, and they don't want a divided land. They don't want to do that. And then you read the fine print. Fine print is they want a Palestinian state, period. They want Israel wiped out. We're not considering that. We don't want to divide up the land. Give it all to the Palestinians. So uh, Israel's covenant is to come up, of course, Daniel 9.27, when the Antichrist makes a peace treaty with Israel, that starts the tribulation. That particular peace treaty uh, probably is not something that Netanyahu has in his mind. I don't think it's going to be happening anytime soon, and I don't think it will. I think there's going to be a lot of things happen between now and the time when the peace treaty is signed. That could be as many as several years, in my opinion. That doesn't mean the rapture doesn't happen right away. It could happen today. But... The covenant is lurking because what's happening here, what we see here is this is, this is escalating. Israel is now moving into Damascus. That's significant. Isaiah 17, one, Damascus is going to be wiped out. It will be completely leveled. That's on the horizon now. See, and that's even been in the news. So I think rapture is, is imminent. The next one, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, is talking about Biden and Amos 9.15. Uh, another interesting prophecy. Uh, a few days ago, <laughs> just to show you how bad this is, a few days ago, a 13-year-old girl had actually did an abortion on her because she was raped during October 7th. Uh, insurrection. That was an insurrection, if people want to know what one was. And uh, another Israeli woman said she'd been raped by over 60 men. So that's the kind of things that those people were subjected to. So the IDF has been implementing strategies to minimize civilian casualties. And the deal about that is, is the whole world is saying, stop. Did you see on Super Bowl, the guy coming out saying, then stop, what was it, Israel? Stop Jewish hatred. Stop Jewish hatred. Did you see that? I've seen it several times. Yeah, well, obviously they think that Jews are the ones that are perpetrating all of this the stuff that's going on, and they're not. They're trying to save as many civilians as they can, although what they're finding out is that something like 60 to 80% of the Palestinians are fully on board with Hamas. So there aren't that many innocent Palestinians, so to speak. Uh, full victory means one thing, according to Netanyahu, and that is the death of Hamas in Gaza never being the base for terror activity ever again. And they're almost there. Well, that's a good thing. Let's see. Um, Israel is operating when and where it wants to, which is a good thing. They're not listening to the world, and they shouldn't. In terms of full-scale operations, the battle for Gaza has ended. 
So I think that's a good that's a good sign as well. So the next article has to do with deception. It's going to be one of the things I talk about next Sunday night is deception. The age of grace is permeated with deception, especially now. Uh, let's see. There's so much here. I'm trying to, to screen out so much of this. If a serial liar such as Biden or Fauci or Obama, he said, if their noses grew like Pinocchio's did every time they lied, these noses would be long enough now to use them as zip lines to the moon and back. I thought that was a good quote. (laughs) And Abraham Lincoln once said, you've heard this before, you can fool some of the people all of the time. You can fool all of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And that's true. But as far as the Holy Spirit is concerned, you can't fool the Holy Spirit ever at any time. And so he knows exactly what's going on. Um, I love this one. No, I'm not going to read that to you. I don't want to read that to you. It's so deceptive. It's about, I saw the commercial. As a matter of fact, you might have to. A pharmacist comes on and tells you how great he's going to go out and get a COVID-19 shot because they've improved them and they're better and all this kind of stuff. Uh, there's so much evidence now that that's not true. Independent scientists have now proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that all of the COVID-19 mRNA shots are unsafe. They're full of numerous ingredients that are poisonous to humans, cause multiple forms of quality of life, destroying injuries, and too often actually kill people. It been pharma, big pharma is still pushing them today. So you've got to be very careful about that kind of stuff. And it's not just those vaccines. The major problem now is if you combine vaccines, you get one shot for one thing, you get your, get your as you're an older person, you get a, your pneumonia vaccine, right? And then you get another vaccine and they, and they go together and they start creating all kinds of problems because two vaccines get together and they cause difficulties. So don't do that. God haters from the WHO, the UN, the World Economic Forum, goodness gracious, Klaus Schwab, uh, Fauci, all these people, it's just amazing because all they're all corrupt and the politicians are corrupt by pushing all this stuff. They lie about everything. They lie about so-called climate change. They lie about the state of the economy. They lie about border crisis, poll numbers, who the bad guys are. They lie about their political opponents. They even tell us that Islam is a religion of peace. And they also tell us many things as well, just to slaughter everybody on earth uh, who refuses to join their death cult. In other words, to become a globalist, basically. And then, fortunately, the Holy Spirit's not fooled by any of that stuff, and we're not fooled by it either. Either. What's really mind-blowing, though, in this article, what he says here is some career politicians have begun lying, uh, have been lying over decades, and uh, nobody seems to care. It's that willful ignorance again. You know, people that kept electing Joe Biden to the Senate over, you know, three decades. And now he's, well, wherever he is, who cares? He doesn't know. I don't either. Um, (laughs) So Jesus said all liars will end up where? Like a fire. So basically there's a way, if you know somebody who's who's, uh, giving into those lies, straighten them out. Tell them about it. Tell them why they're lies, because they are. Biggest lie in the world today is evolution. 
that is not only, I would say, trying to be kind, it is not only logically uh, absurd, it's also mathematically impossible. So anybody that can actually come up with the idea that, that those people are telling me that evolution really happened, it didn't, it never did, it couldn't happen, there's not enough time. We would say the universe is supposedly 15 billion years old, according to what they say, that's these, these educated people. It's not, but they say it's 15 billion years old. That is a second compared to how long it would take for evolution to actually happen. Billion years is 15 billion years is just that quick. There's not enough time for things to happen by accident and chance. <clears throat> so I could go into that, but I won't. So anyway, P.T. Barnum once said, most of the people can be fooled most of the time, and, and he's right. You, if you're, if uh, you repeat a lie many times, people will think it's the truth. So the point is, everybody needs to wake up and understand, if you're still watching the news, and I'm talking about, I don't care who it is, Fox, Newsmax, CBS, NBC, all those other ones, you're being lied to. Fox is one of the worst ones. Don't listen to those people. They're lying to you every time they open their mouths. You can get your news somewhere else. Got another article from Bill Wilson. He's the one that coined the word stupidocracy. And I love that one. One of the chieftains of the one world order has warned Israel that rejecting a two-state solution is a threat to world peace. Okay. He didn't warn the Arab nations of that. He just warned Israel of that. So the point is there, uh, we go to the UN Secretary General Guterres. He is ignoring the fact that Hezbollah, Hamas, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Turkey, Jordan, Yemen, and other Arab states reject the two-state solution. Why do they reject it? Because they want to get rid of Israel completely. Wipe them out. Then we don't have a problem anymore. And that's been documented. So. I think that's very dangerous. The head of the UN says it's Israel's fault that Islamic terrorists funded by Arab states attacked Israeli citizens. And I'm going, what? But that's what they're saying, and people are buying it. Uh, also, their financial and political support of Hamas is clearly an ultimate call to exterminate all the Jews. And that's happening all the time, too. So anyway, the wise people in the world, the wise people in quotes, don't have a clue. They don't really know what's going on. So therefore, stupidocracy. Then we get to Dr. Doug. <laughs> he's always good. Um, he's mentioned something that, and I think it's a very good lesson for all of us. What would you do? Hopefully all of us would know what we'd do, but what would you do if you were faced with the problem that Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael faced. Who were they? That's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's their real names, though. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Um, if you were told that you needed to bow down to the government, well, that's what's going to happen real soon. you got to bow down to the government. What did they do? They wouldn't bow down. And what, what happened to them? They said, they're going to be thrown into the fire. And they said, well, if we die, we die. If we don't, we don't. But we're not bound down to that statue, right? Well, we've got to remember that because that's exactly what's coming. The new, the new world order is going to require people to bow down to it. In other words, you're going to have to do what they say. 
Now, at first, that won't be a big deal. At first, that will be a, you've got to stay in your house. You can't go anywhere. You can't drive your car. You've got to stay in, wear a mask. You got to do that. That'll be the first thing. But then the next thing will be, you got to get a mark. And that mark will mean you, can, you can't buy and sell unless you have that mark. The Bible says if you take that mark, you're doomed. Of course, we can't take that mark. Or we won't take that mark, but we're going to be subjected to that sort of thing. So very quickly, it's, ha well, it's happening right now. Yeah. It happens at mid-trib. But if you look at the possibility that that could be as early as three or four years from now. Mid-trip could be that quick. Rapture happens first. But the mid-trip is three and a half years into the tribulation. And so that could be just three or four years from now. Four or four or five years from now. Could be three and a half years from now. We don't know. So the globalists are heading right down that road just as fast as they can. They're trying to set up a... a Digital currency and digital currency is going to lead right to that. So, anyway, Florida has been outlawed. Uh, the digital currency has been outlawed. And, and actually, uh, Abbott has said the same thing. He wants to do that in Texas as well. By the way, you need to get vote properly, or that sort of thing will come in. Uh, who should we vote for as far as our state rep is concerned? There's a guy who's there's the guy whose initials are DD. She should not vote for. Okay. <laughs> anyway, going back into uh, what DD. <laughs> She's better than he is. Let's go into what Doctor Duck says here. Some of the articles that seem to indicate the tribulation period is close. Is what he prefaces this with. Uh, this is this is encouraging. I'm glad to see this sort of thing. Ninety Catholic clergymen, scholars, and authors have called upon the cardinals, the Catholic cardinals and bishops of the Roman Catholic religion, to oppose Pope Francis's policy that allows priests to bless same-sex marriage. That's I like to hear that. That's a good thing. They asked. They said they want them to ask directly to the Pope to urgently withdraw this unfortunate document, which is in contradiction with both scripture and the universal and uninterrupted tradition of the church, quote unquote. Uh, bless their hearts. I think they could possibly be Christians. I hope they are. They might not be. That's true. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is a good thought. And I'm, I, I wish I thought like this all the time, and I should, and you should too. This guy, a pastor friend of mine, he says, this is Dr. Doug, is concerned about terrorists coming across America's border with Mexico. Yes. Did you know that 140,000 uh, illegals have crossed our border in the last year across the Canadian border? 140,000 in the last year. So we have just as bad going on up there as going on anywhere else. Anyway, this guy, this pastor friend of mine says he's concerned about the terrorists. He says he believes God may be causing many Hispanics to come across to the U.S. because God wants them to hear the gospel and be saved before it's too late. That's a great thought. I like that. You ever look up about the crusade that's going to come down the border? 
Texas. Oh yes, border. of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they've done. They're there. They have. They have arrived. Well, there's already thousands of guys in trucks and everything else is already there. Yeah, they're setting up. Yes. Okay. Training sessions. Excellent. Excellent. That's awesome. That's 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 super. So I need, like I say, everybody needs to think that way. Of course, that all the people coming across the border are not just from South America or Central America. They're from, what was it, 146 countries? 146 countries. Number two, uh, Elon Musk's implantation of a neural neural chip in a human brain. Um, there's a reader that sent Dr. Duck an article that says the promise of transhumanism, and that's what that's called, is the exact same promise the serpent gave to Eve in the garden. You shall be like God. So I, I, I would urge you to look at Elon Musk with a uh, cautious eye. To me, he's the absolute perfect candidate for the Antichrist. Everybody likes him. He's real smart. He's got a family. Yeah, it just sounds really cool. You know, I, I don't know that. Of course, I don't know that. Uh, concerning wars and rumors of wars, uh, Iran-backed militias launched a drone attack on a U.S. base in Jordan and killed three soldiers. You've probably heard about that. Three days later, a uh, drone attack in Jordan killed about 40, injured about 40 Arizona National Guard troops. Uh, and then two days after that, the U.S. Secretary of Defense, who's now in the hospital again, uh, said they were preparing to take significant action in response to the death of those three troops and those 40 injured troops. But they needed to think about it a little bit longer. And they're also going to be sure that they notify Iraq at least three to five days before they actually do the attack. That's the way liberals think. That's, that's liberal thinking. So give them plenty of time to get the heck out, you yeah. know, so yeah. they don't get hurt. Uh, concerning wars and rumors of wars also, Hezbollah in Lebanon has launched more than a thousand attacks on northern Israel since October 7. 80,000 citizens in northern Israel have left their homes. 427 houses have been damaged. 80 homes have suffered direct hit. So there's a lot more of that going on than we think. Uh, concerning uh, world government, borderless world, Biden signed an executive order to impose financial and travel sanctions on four Jews living in the West Bank that have been accused of extremist violence against Palestinians. Why are a bunch of Republicans voting for that kind of nonsense is what I want to know. Yeah, absolutely. No question. Um, concerning the decline of America, 155 Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives, which is 75% of their membership, voted against deporting illegal aliens that commit Social Security fraud or drive under the influence of alcohol. Concerning the Temple Mount, this is an interesting one. Archaeologists have been sifting through dirt removed from the Temple Mount recently found two small weights that precede the Muslim conquest of Jerusalem. One of the weights had a cross on the back of it, and that's evidence of Christian activity at the Temple Mount before the Muslims even arrived. 
and that was in 700 AD. So, gee, that's interesting. Nobody will pay any attention to that, though. A battalion of Israeli troops advancing in Gaza. Sunset was approaching. Soldier in the rear turned east toward Jerusalem to pray. So his devotion to God and his faith in God caused him to turn to the east and pray. When he turned to pray, he saw Hamas terrorists with an RPG aimed at them, about to shoot it at them. It's a rocket-propelled grenade. And so he hollered, and some of his comrades turned around and wiped the guy out before he could shoot him. So in other words, Israeli soldiers' obedience to God at prayer time saved their lives. That's cool. I like that. He might have been tapped on the shoulder by an angel, too. Turn around. Turn around. Concerning the increase in the frequency and intensity of natural disasters, eight counties in Southern California are under a state of emergency because of heavy rain, hurricane forced winds of 60 to 90 miles an hour, flooding down trees, mudslides, and loss of electricity. California. I thought it never rained in Southern California. <laughs> never rains in Southern California. Uh, increase of rain in Israel. Israel had rain in the north and south 14 days in a row. It's never happened in the last 30 years. Rain's expected to keep coming. The level in the Sea of Galilee is up almost a foot. That's kind of interesting. Did you know that the Sea of Galilee is, is uh, almost 800 feet below sea level? Do you know the Dead Sea is 1,500 feet below sea level? Isn't that something? That was interesting. And the last thing I got for you, and a couple of things about the war. Concerning an increase in frequency and intensity of natural disasters, hurricanes are now rated from one to five. One being the weakest, five being the strongest. They have had so many severe hurricanes lately, they're adding a sixth category. So it'll be a hurricane level six now. That's probably a sign of the times too, who knows for sure. Now, a couple of things that, were, that I saw. You've heard about the UNRWA, perhaps. Maybe you haven't. That is the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. It is supposedly an agency that goes into troubled areas and brings them relief and funds and things to, to relieve their, their problems, right? At least 10% of the UNRWA members participated in the Palestinian insurrection against Israel and killed Israelis. So UN is directly associated with the bad side. Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, the UNRWA has 30,000 employees in the West Bank, Syria, Jordan, and Gaza. And at least 10% of them are Hamas accomplices. Okay. Israel said 190 of the staff members of the UNRWA are hardened Hamas militants. By the way, guess what the uniforms are of the Hamas terrorists firing back at the Israeli uh, soldiers, what they wear as uniforms. Civilian clothes. Guess who? There are over 30 hospitals in Gaza. That's more hospitals per capita than anywhere else in any other Arab nation on the face of the earth. Guess who are the doctors and the nurses in those hospitals? Hamas, not doctors and, and nurses. Guess where they put their weapons? They put their weapons in their children's bedrooms or that schools or in, in uh, hospitals. Every, you know, just, they're despicable people. Netanyahu told a group of troops, it's the last thing, 
Our goal is total victory over Hamas. We will kill the Hamas leadership. Therefore, we must continue to act in all areas in the Gaza Strip. We must not end the war before we do that. And I appreciate that. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <clears throat> now for the good news. Yes, we are, we are definitely in the end times. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Luke chapter 8. That's where we are. Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> this is a, one of those subtle, uh, strong, as, as sometimes we read them, we think it's a strong suggestion from, from the Lord. <laughs> it's actually a command. <laughs> it's about listening. That's what this is about, is listening. Just to remind you, uh, I think it's, it's uh, about 30 times in the Old Testament, the words, hear the word of the Lord is used. In the New Testament, especially Revelation, now I concentrate on that one because of, of what's coming up, but in chapters two and three, the seven churches are mentioned in there, and Jesus speaks to them personally. It's his words to each one of those churches. And at the end of it, he says, now listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Right? When chapter 19, which is at the end of the tribulation, basically, it's talk, it just says, he who has an ear, listen. That's basically saying the church isn't on the earth during the tribulation. Okay? But he, obviously his, his uh, desire for all of us, and it is a command, is to pay attention, listen carefully. Okay? Good listeners are good teachers and counselors. Bad hearers and bad teachers are not good teachers and counselors. Good listeners are good friends and good company, right? If people listen to you, pay attention to you, actually say, what do you think? That's, that's a rarity today, <laughs> is it not? Here, let me tell you what I think about that. You know, I don't want to hear what you think about that. Poor listeners only want to hear themselves talk. Poor listeners appear to be listening. Actually, what they're doing is formulating what they're going to say next, right? You know people like that. I do. Solomon described poor listening, poor listeners, as those who bring folly and shame to themselves by giving an answer without fully listening to the question. Actually, what it says in Proverbs 18, 13, he who answers a matter before he hears the facts is a folly and a shame to him. Isn't that true? Sure it is. <laughs> it is there now this isn't exactly biblical but it's very very close to this there is a proverb that also says essentially he who remains quiet and keeps his mouth shut may be thought a fool but it's better than opening your mouth and removing all doubt <laughs> so listening to other people has its temporal value of course but listening to god has eternal significance right obviously Israel all too often failed to listen to God's word. I'm going to read you out of Psalm 81. Eleven through sixteen, it says, But my people would not hearken to my voice. In other words, they weren't listening to me, and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them up to their own heart's lust, and let them go after their own stubborn will that they might follow their own counsels. 
Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Speedily then, if they did that, I would subdue their enemies, turn my hand against their adversaries. Had Israel listened to me in Egypt then, those who hated the Lord would have come cringing before him and their defeat would have lasted forever. God would feed Israel now also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock would I satisfy them. And it's implied if they would listen to me. <laughs> so Jesus pointed out to the people, the soils, the parable of the soils, I'm sorry. What did he say in the parable of the soils? We just read that last week. He said, what differentiates people is how they react to the truth. In other words, they hear it. They pay attention to it. So the kind of listeners people are reveals their spiritual condition. That's one to think about. If somebody's not a good listener, their spiritual condition probably isn't very good. After all, when do we stop learning? Never. Yeah. We always want to learn. I always want to listen to what somebody has to say. Now I can, I might quickly say, mm, I'm listening to that. <laughs> but then again, I might say, Oh, wow. That's really a good thought. So many make a superficial response to the word that the Lord speaks or to him personally. And one day they'll hear from Jesus. I never knew you depart from me. You practice you who practice lawlessness. That's Matthew seven twenty three. Jesus challenged those who identified themselves as his disciples. He challenged them. How did he do that? He had them gather around and he actually interpreted this, the parables to them as he knew they were listening to, right? People that he told the parables to, he was just telling them a story and they liked that. They thought it was cool. That's pretty much it. So his challenge, Mary's phone's ringing. So. Mr. Spam, yes. Jesus challenged his listeners and how did he challenge them? He said, take care how you listen. Superficially, no. In depth, yeah. Pay attention. It shows that you care also. He gives us four ways in these few verses here, 8, 16 through 21, in chapter 8 of Luke. Four ways that listeners are supposed to listen to the word. Okay, The first way is evangelistically. The second way is authentically. The third way is fruitfully. And the fourth way is obediently. So let's look at each one. Is eight. Let's look at 8.16. This is true here listens evangelistically. It says, no one, after he has lighted a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a couch. But he who puts it on a lampstand, those who come in may see the light. Now, that doesn't necessarily, a lot of people sound evangelistic, but it is. The purpose of a lamp is to give light, right? Sure. You wouldn't want to put a light under a basket. It might set the house on fire, number one, because back then they used olive oil lamps and there was a flame. <laughs> so you wouldn't want to do that. The whole idea is to set it where people could use the light. Light in scripture is often a metaphor for holiness <coughs> and for spiritual life. So it's also a metaphor for truth. <laughs> truth is the light of God. So a specific feature of the Lord communicated is that genuine disciples don't hide the truth of the gospel to anyone at any time. Don't put your light under a basket. Basically. 
because you don't want to hide it. Stan, you need to listen to the revelation of God's word and then proclaim it. True conversion results in a desire for telling the gospel. And what's that song that we says we're going to be we're going to be always telling the gospel in eternity forever? Genuine disciples respond to the truth evangelistically. They share the gospel. Lack of zeal for sharing the gospel. Well, that's, that might be a real good uh, indication that people aren't truly Christian. It's not in their heart. Plus, we all re remember that it's not the believer's place to determine who hears the gospel. We're to tell it to everybody. Because the person who most, in our estimation, would be the most unlikely person to listen, God could actually make listen. We wouldn't even know it. So it might come to them later. They might think about it as, as we've seen people like that at the ranch. They would leave. And then sometime later, they would let us know that they actually came to the Lord and actually started living the life they should. Because it sunk in. It took them a while. So we're to proclaim loudly Matthew 28, 19 to all the world without distinction, and then let God take over. It's really great if you can lead somebody to the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great, you know, but probably you won't do that very often. You can, but if you can just plant the seed, let God take over. So that's evangelistically. The second one is the true hearer listens authentically, and that's verse 17. He says, for there is nothing hid that shall not be disclosed, nor anything secret that shall not be known and come out into the open. This refers to a person's true inward heart condition. In other words, some people may seem to be Christian. They may be two-faced. Uh, they have the wrong heart condition. And so Jesus said in Matthew 10, 26, nothing is concealed that will not be revealed or kept secret that will not become known. And so Jesus' words basically are a warning against hypocrisy. So you need to be authentic. If you lead people to the Lord or try to, or you say, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we preach the gospel to you and all that? And he said, no, I never knew you. Depart from me. So all such hypocrisy will be unmasked. There's an awful lot of hypocritical types out there. Some of them very prominent uh, in my estimation. So in light of the sure coming of judgment that is coming, Jesus called for self-examination for all of us to make sure that we're not hypocrites, that we're authentically Christian. And we, we can all say that, but there's a lot of people out there that can't say that. The third true hearer listens fruitfully, and that's verse 18. He says, be careful, therefore, how you listen. For him to him who has spiritual knowledge will more be given. And from him who does not have spiritual knowledge, even what he thinks he and knows and, and guesses he has, he will be taken away. So we're talking about true hearer listens fruitfully. In other words, Jesus is giving us a severe exhortation to take care how you listen. He warned people that they must be aware of consequences if they're not hearing it and not doing the right thing. In a positive sense, oh, <laughs> that's okay. In a positive sense, whoever a true 
disciple is, has eternal life, and to him more will be given. John 15, 8, I'm going to read that to you. It says, when you bear produce, or, or when you bear and produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified. And you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. In other words, if you're not producing fruit, you're probably not a true follower. That's, that's the point. So constant production of fruit is watered by ceaselessly reading the word, listening to what God wants you to do, and obeying. In the negative sense, Jesus warns false disciples that whoever doesn't have fruit, or he thinks he is doing the right thing, in the end, he'll lose everything. All of their self-righteous works that they had counted on to bring salvation will turn out to be nothing. Philippians 3.8 says, if I look that one up so I don't have to look it up, but I probably didn't, so I'm going to have to do it. Philippians 3.8. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness and surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving, recognizing, and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything and consider it all to be mere rubbish in order that I may win Christ. That's pretty clear. That's where we all, we all ought to think that way, of course. Constant production of fruit. In the negative sense, like I said, that means in the end everybody loses something. Vain things cannot save. And that's in Acts chapter 14, 15. And that says... Men, why are you doing this? We also are only human beings of a nature like your own. And we bring you the good news that you should turn away from these foolish and vain things to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything that they contain. Let me read that again. That's just, that's just, <laughs> that's, that's the hit you right between the eyes. It says, men, why are you doing these vain things? It says, we're just human beings, apostles, we, you know. We have a nature like yours. We're not anything special, basically. We bring you good news that you should turn away from the foolish things that you're doing, the vain things that you're doing, and turn to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything. In other words, he, he made everything. Why don't you revere him? Why don't you worship him? Why don't you do what he thinks instead of what you think? So they say that they'll be cast, or God says they'll be cast into the outer darkness where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that's the eventual location for those people who think they know everything and don't. And the last thing, and don't produce fruit. And the last thing is true here listens obediently. And that's 19 through 21. Then Jesus' mother and his brothers came along toward him but they could not get to him for the crowd. 
And it was told him, your mother and your brothers were standing outside desiring to have an interview with you. But he answered to them, my mother and my brothers are those who listen to the word of God and do it. That's the obedience. Listen to the word of God and do it. So both Matthew and Mark place this particular event in a different place. They place it earlier in Jesus' ministry before the parable of the soils. But Luke puts it after the parable of the soils, I think because he's making this point about properly hear the word. As he said there, right then he said, those who listen to the word of God and do it. So an interesting thing that I found that I wanted to share with you is that Catholics uh, consider Mary to be still a virgin. She remained a virgin after giving birth to Christ. So in order to avoid the obvious problem and the implication of this text, they say that those brothers that came along with Mary were actually children from Joseph's previous marriage. I'd never heard that before. But there's no biblical evidence for that whatsoever. You know that. Also, if that was true, and this is interesting too, if that was true, then one of those older brothers would actually be the heir of Joseph, not Jesus. And so he couldn't be king. Isn't that interesting? I thought that was funny. But the evidence historically points, obviously, to Joseph and Mary, both both being rather young when they got married. So that, that's not true. You know, and the actual lifespan of men at that age, you remember what it was? Have you ever read what it was back at that time? It's 40s. You know, so Joseph was already dead at this time. Well, Jesus was 30 when he started his ministry. So Joseph would have been probably something close to 50 but he probably had died earlier. So we don't hear about him. But to ask him someday. <laughs> you know, there's, I think there's going to be a lot of people in heaven just wearing a sign. It's like Adam's going to be walking around and he just says no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, what was the one we were talking about? Jonah. We had one for him, too. What was it? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jonah's going to be walking around and going, it was not a whale. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a lot of those. But uh, another, the reason that we know that it's, it's these are the brothers of Jesus who came from Mary is the word in Greek that's used is Adelphos, in Greek, which is never used anywhere else in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the New Testament, except meaning brothers, real, true brothers. And it's not cousins either. They say said it could be cousins. Well, that's a different word in Greek. That's anepsios, and that's a completely different word. So it's not that either. So these are his, actually his brothers. Interesting thing, too, that uh, in John 7, 5, it tells us that his brothers did not believe in him before the resurrection. But then you go to Acts 1, 14, and it says all the brothers did believe in him. So after the resurrection, they believed him. So I thought that was an interesting thing, too. So when, when uh, arriving at the place Jesus was teaching, Mary and his brothers you know, weren't able to get to him because of the crowd. Well, that makes sense. And they were, according to Mark 3, concerned about the crowds. And why were they concerned about it? Because there was rising hostility. Some of those people really wanted to listen to Jesus, really wanted to get, him, get them to heal them, of course, but there was a rising hostility in the crowd, too. So they worried about his health. 
They came to rescue him, probably. And uh, Mary knew just who Jesus was, of course, and probably she told her sons who he was, but of course they didn't, didn't believe her. But uh, also the other main thing about Mary is the fact that she actually, in her Magnificat back in, uh, in Luke, she actually said that she needed a Savior. So she wasn't divine, as the Catholics say. She actually said in that Magnificat that she needed a Savior. A Savior. Okay. So Jesus' response sounded kind of flippant, kind of sounded uncaring, kind of sounded uh, like a wrong thing to say. You know, these aren't my mother and brother. These people that are listening to me are my brothers and brothers, mothers and, and mother and brothers, and they listen to what I say and they do it. That's the point. You have to be obedient to him. What he was saying was the relationships that he had with physical relationship or family relationship didn't matter anymore because he's, he's assuming the role of savior at this point. Okay. So he's saying now we've got to look at spiritual relationships. So it's just as important for anybody to come to Christ. This is important as Mary or his brothers or anybody else to come to Christ. So that's really what he was saying. So he wasn't being mean or anything. And those who have a relationship with Jesus are the ones who hear the word of God and are obedient to it. Do it. And that's the four ways to look at hearing properly. So, and you know what that's like hearing the word or hearing people just listening. Are you a good listener? I guess is the thing to ask. Are you a good listener? I think I am. Now I speak out. I'm pretty bold about speaking out, but I'll listen. You need to do that. But I know people that never listen to anything. All they want to do is tell you about how good they are and all they've done and all the things they've experienced and how great they are and, and you're nothing. Or I'm better than you. Listen, oh, you think that's something. Listen to what happened to me, you know. I want to be around people like that. Anybody have any comments about this? Or are you a good listener? Answer that question to yourself. And don't raise your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody might say, really? <laughs> okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the uh, enlightenment that it gives us, the uh, instruction that it gives us, the, the assurance that it gives us. Lord, we just appreciate all that you've given to us. Uh, we appreciate the depth of your word for us the meaning that it has to each one of us individually, collectively as well, but individually is what's most important. The challenge that it, that it gives to us, the uh, inward inspection that it allows us to do to make sure that we're on the right path. And also the way to evaluate if we're actually growing in the Lord, that we're actually growing as we should, you know, in a sanctified way and becoming more holy day by day. So we praise you for that, all that, Lord. Thank you so much for being with us. Pray for this coming week that it be a, an opportunity in hopefully many different cases to actually show that forth that light that you've given to us so that we can be uh, maybe the first step for someone to hear the gospel and move, or maybe even just confirm to them that the gospel is so meaningful to, to us. They would like to have that, like to have that assurance and that step forward to become a true believer and follower of Christ. Thank you for this time, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.